I didn't get invited to the Democratic debate because I'm too popular. This is Corey, and this is the O the Anthem podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 271 of the O the Anthem podcast, broadcasting to you from the hashtag OTALA studios, high above the 110 freeway in beautiful downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for listening to us on your podcatcher of choice. And I'm going to make it easy for you because there's so many podcatchers out there, and I want you to find the right one for you. Go to anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem and then find the podcatcher that you want, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever. Just click right there. It'll take you right to the show page. You can subscribe. And uh, if possible, rating and reviewing would be uh, much appreciated if it if it's available at that platform. And, of course, you can find more O The Anthem at O The Anthem on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you're watching right now live at Facebook.com forward slash O The Anthem. You can find all of the O The Anthem videos at YouTube.com forward slash O The Anthem. And, of course, everything O The Anthem related at OTheAnthem.com. Yes, indeed. So, uh, let's start off this episode where we probably should have ended last week's episode, and that's uh, Happy Father's Day <laughs> to all the fathers out there, uh, belated as it is. Um, thank God for both of us, neither of our fathers actually listened to this show, uh, because then we might not have dads to say Happy Father's Day I don't to. know if my dad listens or not. I know every once in a while I'll get a comment on like the, the website yeah. where it'll be like, tell Rob to shut up. But that doesn't mean that dad actually listened. It right, I feel like that's just that's, <laughs> that's just, just like something. a freeze frame on YouTube of me being like, ah. That's <laughs> it's something that my dad does from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite dad things is uh, we know where a, Brendan got it from. <laughs> I have an old friend, uh, Christopher, and I've known him since uh, I moved into my parents' house when I was like, God, uh, five or so. So I've known him for thirty years now. Okay. And uh, I'll tell my dad, like, oh, I'm going over to visit Christopher. And he's like, oh, well, tell his wife that I said hello and I hope everything's well. And say hello to the kids for me. Make sure that uh, they both know that I, I said hello. And, you know, pet Obi, the dog. Mm-hmm. Make sure that, mm-hmm. that Obi knows that I, I'm sending my love. And then tell Christopher to shut up. <laughs> and then I'll go there and I'll do that. I'll say yeah. hi to the wife. I'll say hi to the kids. I'll pet the dog. And I'll look at Christopher and I said, my dad said, shut up. And then every single time, without fail, Christopher gets annoyed. He's like, I, I don't what understand. Did, what did like I ever Woody do Allen character. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what I did. It's like, yes. you, you understand that he's doing this just to, to get a row out of you. But, you know. Uh, meanwhile, my dad is possibly the nicest person on the face <laughs> of the earth. Um, Corey does an excellent impression. Corey, why don't you do your, my dental impression? Well, I, uh, I think that uh, we're going to stay in because the 50s backed up all the way to Denton. That's basically that's that's it right there, uh, and uh, it's like a, uh, you know how the you see like the angel and devil on shoulders yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, like I I like to think of your dad as Angel Reagan. Yeah, like I mean he could do Reagan that. is Devil Reagan. Like I could see that, that the, the the two sides of the yeah. the coin there. Yeah, um, weird thing <laughs> of though. some alternate universe <laughs> neutral Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> Where real Reagan yeah. is the devil, yeah. my dad is yeah yeah. Um, weird thing. Uh, video chatted with my parents yesterday. A couple of old people answered the phone, and I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> uh, but my dad fell asleep in the middle of the video, middle of the video call. He just like leans his head on my mom's shoulder, which was super cute, by the way. <laughs> but then fell asleep, and I was yeah. just like, "It is ten o'clock. What is going on?" But first of all, I'm the asshole kid that forgot that um, there's specific time and Eastern time, and I'm like, "I got plenty of time today. I'll call them." And then uh, she's like, oh, wait, it's seven. That's, a, uh, that's 10. I should probably call. Yeah. That's so. a, the, the bane of my existence is Pacific time. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I always convince myself that nobody wants to hear from me in the time that has passed. Like, 
my my mom is like easily up till midnight, like pretty much every single night. But I'll look, it'll be like, oh, it's seven o'clock Pacific time, so yeah. it means it's ten o'clock there. She's definitely asleep. Too late, far too late. <laughs> I also think that there's like a, a mix in the time. I'm like, all right, it's eight o'clock Pacific, which makes it two a.m. Eastern. So that's far <laughs> too late to make a call. I'll just wait until tomorrow. <laughs> but. I'm not doing this. I'm not waking them up. Yeah, I don't want to wake them up in the middle of their sleep. <laughs> also, um, my parents are getting to be night owls in their old age. Like, mm. I remember in high school where, like, I would be up till 11, and I'd get to, like, good night, and they would go to bed at 9. Meanwhile, like, my mom's watching and reading her books and doing her Sudoku until 11.30 now. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you know. But uh, happy Father's Day, Dad, who will never see this. Um, <laughs> I was about to post on Instagram, and I had the same thought. I'm like... He's never going to see it. Yeah. And even if I tag my mom, she's probably not with him, and she's not going to show him. She's going to be like, oh, that's I, sweet. I, pose, I pose, posted a picture of my dad yeah. thinking that maybe a couple months from now he might see it. Right. Like yeah. It'll show up at the top of his news feed when he eventually gets into Facebook again. He'll just be like, he'll make some sort of wise-ass remark, I'm sure, and then we'll move on from there. As soon as my mom is retired... And she people don't have to find her anymore. Like so, she she's like retired ish now, but she's mm-hmm. on the school board and everything. I imagine they will quickly make that shift to the Louise and Denzel um, Facebook. I account. hate those people. I I, yeah. I I I'm sorry, but I hate those people. <laughs> it's just, but he doesn't have one. I hate the people who have like shared email accounts too and yeah, stuff like well, that. They do, and, they do that too. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's, he doesn't have one and people are constantly like, Hey, like it costs money to have a Facebook profile. Just make uh, your, but still, it's like, <laughs> he'll never check it and yeah. he'll set the password and nobody will know what it is and he won't remember what it is. And he'll text it to himself, which will end up being a, a tweet to an account we didn't even know existed. <laughs> and then it's uh lost forever. But, uh, yeah, they'll definitely, cause everybody hits her up all the time. Like, Hey, uh, tell Denzel, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I, I'm just passing messages. Like we got to get you your own page or make this. So it's like. Just yeah. send the message as if you're talking to him, and I'll tell him. Right. Um, but anyway, some programming notes. <laughs> I uh, like. I like to. Just one last thing about yeah, Father's Day. I called my dad for Father's Day. Uh, he had had surgery not too long ago, so Rachel always wants to know like how he's doing, like right. physically, like is he recovering well and stuff like that. So I was talking to my dad for half hour or something like that, and hung up the phone, and she's just like. Uh, so how's he doing? How's, how's his recovery going? And I'm just like, you know what? Never came up. Yeah, <laughs> we were yeah. arguing about politics the whole time. Sorry <laughs> about that. Never yeah. even bothered to talk about it. So, but okay, well, you know, it's uh, it's also proves how much better of a person Rachel is that yeah. she's like, yeah. she's always thinking about like, you know, like make sure you check up on their surgery, make sure that you're seeing how they're doing and stuff like that. And I'm, <laughs> she thinks about those things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, oh yeah, programming note. Yes. For the next couple weeks, things are going to be done a little bit differently. Um. We are going to be recording for, let me pull my calendar up here, um, for next week's episode, which should fall on the 25th, uh, for the next week after that, which will be the 2nd, and the week after that, which will be the 9th. We will all record all of those episodes on Sunday. So Sunday the 23rd, Sunday the 30th, and Sunday the 7th, you'll be able to watch. I know we have a lot of East Coast uh, people who, uh, when we get started at 8 o'clock Pacific, it's a little late for you. So we'll be recording mid-afternoon on Sunday. It'll be a perfect opportunity to come in, watch us record live, be a part of the show, comment, uh, ask questions, the whole nine. Um, So the next three Sundays, 30th, 7th, and 14th, I'm sorry, 23rd, 30th, and 7th, will be weeks we're recording on Sunday. Now, for the week of the 16th, that's going to be interesting because Corey is... We might actually have to do the 6th instead of the 7th. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you get another job? Well, no. I just I realized now that I have everything set in my calendar. Mm-hmm. By the way, my calendar is like just every single day for the next 
uh, month and a half here. I don't even want to like, show you my calendar. <laughs> yeah, anyway. But, like, uh, it's, uh, yeah, the 6th seems like it's going to be a day, too. So. Okay, so, or the 7th, you mean? No, the 6th. So the 6th is a day to record? Yeah, because I have something on the 7th. Okay. So, so 23rd, the 6th, 30th, 6th. 6th? 23rd and 30th. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Now, the next week is the the episode due on the 16th. We are not quite sure where we're going to record that one yet. Uh, we may do a double feature some week. We may find some time on Saturday, Sunday, or Monday to record. So stay posted over the next couple weeks. We should be able to do Sunday the 15th. Okay. No, wait, mean, Sunday is the 14th. I mean, Monday we, is the yeah, We could do either. Okay. Yeah. So I stay think. posted for a yeah. conf- confirmation for that. And then if nothing else changes, we'll be back to our regular schedule, recording on Monday night on the 22nd. So you have nearly a month of, um, of opportunities here to catch us on the weekend um, and uh, recording the live show. So come out, listen, turn those notifications on, hit that bell, and subscribe so that you uh, can watch us live as we record. Yeah, it's, um, it, and the big reason for all this is that uh, busy season has approached yes. uh, the film industry, and thank God. <laughs> Couldn't <laughs> come any sooner. Um, and I have a short film, a uh, digital thing to do with Vogue, Ooh. Uh, an AFI shoot. We have AT&T Shape this weekend. Right. Uh, I have a feature that starts next week uh, and goes for the next three weeks. Uh, I have another feature that goes immediately after that. The day after mm-hmm. I'm done with one, I'm going on another, uh, plus another, a bunch of other little things that are like trying to like trickle their way into the holes of my calendar. But all the way down yeah. to the fifteenth, yeah, sixteenth, sixteenth, yeah. So uh, <laughs> busy time. You know, it's funny though. It, it's one of those things like uh, when you're really busy, all you want to do is not be busy, and but, then when you're yeah. not busy, all you want to do is be busy. Never. Meanwhile, you well, never uh, find find the balance. <laughs> while Corey is working that crazy schedule, I'll continue to do the seventy to eighty hours per week that I've been working for the last, you know, year, <laughs> twenty so years. I'll try to try to fit in the podcast wherever we can. <laughs> um, but so just make sure that you um, you check it out. You'll have an opportunity to see us live, which uh, is uh, special for some people because uh, they don't get to see that very often. Yep. But. Uh, moving on to the news of the week. Wait, go on. ahead. There yes. was one other thing you wanted to uh, send out a. Oh yes, a congratulations on back. Not a pro- program note, more like a an anthem alliance note. Um, a big congratulations to uh, someone who I know listens the to the podcast a lot. She announced uh, online uh, finally that her and her husband are expecting. Uh, so uh, to Alyssa. We hope you hear this episode. I know things have been crazy because, you know, you're pregnant and stuff. But <laughs> congratulations from us to you. Yes. Uh, looking forward to pictures not only of Burrito, uh, but now of uh, I, well, a I baby. I hope they don't name the kid Burrito, too. That would be yeah. confusing. So hopefully you don't name the kid Burrito and you'll have two burritos. But, uh, yeah, uh, congratulations to you. And uh, looking forward to all the pictures and the updates. Um, can so, name it in, in honor of the league and name it Chalupa Batman. Oh, hey, yes, could do that. <laughs> there is a- um, also, we highly recommend you play the podcast on earphones directly into yeah, yeah, your yeah. Ba- not just Alyssa, but any of our pregnant fans. <laughs> you should be ch- you know channeling us directly into uh the fetus just because, um, well, I mean, why wouldn't you? That's <laughs> just little chunks of wisdom and a few curse words right into the uh, fetus there. <laughs> 
<laughs> the like uh, how how long does it take for children to talk? I don't know. Uh, like really, eighteen months. Eighteen months. Yeah, just eighteen months into it, just like the little baby's like looking up at the screen, sees Bill De Blasio on it. So it's like he doesn't have a chance to win. <laughs> it's like yes. his first words. Yes, look at it. Oh, and that recognize right things. around the election time too. It'd be perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, congratulations, to you guys. Yes, uh, we'd forgotten about it last week or the week before, whenever there was the announcement. So. Uh, I do know that uh, Alyssa tries to listen weekly, so I want to make sure that she uh, hears that at some point. So, um, Onward. Well, and one other thing, uh, which I just thought about, which I thought is what you were reminding me of until I remembered the thing you were reminding me of, three-year anniversary of Heretics is happening mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. So you guys are missing out if you don't take the opportunity to go to youtube.com forward slash or the anthem and check out the Heretics series. It has aged like a fine wine over the last <laughs> three years um, and has really, uh, I think, kicked me in the butt to find the next new thing. We got a couple of, uh, of irons in the fire, and while Corey is taking this time to go actually you know, work on stuff, I am going to uh, do my best to try to finish some scripts so we can get some stuff shot. Um, Sen- spend some time in Senor Ortega's barrio. Yes, yes. Uh, and... Um, yeah, there's like we got actually a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of things that could be coming. Um, not the least of which, which I'll mention again at the end. But on the 21st, uh, you can now pre-order. Uh, oh shit, that's this week. Yeah, uh, you can pre-order the next book, which uh, is available for pre-order everywhere. So go check that out. Uh, the chair available everywhere. So uh, go pick it up. And I guess we should talk about it next week, about what the chair is. Yeah. It's actually a story that's not in the movement universe. So for those of you who are like, oh, God, another thing with it. No, it's completely separate. Uh, and I hope you enjoy it. And I should check and make sure that uh, that is all ready to go. Because <laughs> I can't say for sure it is. And that's this week. So this Friday, new book available. Anyway, um, back to it. Yes. So let's get started with the episode. So there's one big thing uh, that happened in sports ball this week that you really wanted to talk about. It's an L.A.-centric uh, news story. And as you know, we are both Baltimore's and L.A.'s uh, local podcast. So yeah. how do we do that? By coastal that's how. <laughs> um, anyway, so what is that story you have this week, Corey? Yeah, so uh, we're not huge uh, NBA fans here, but... Uh, it, the the finals just wrapped up. Congratulations to the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, for, and to Drake because he had a lot to do with that. And to Canada in general for winning their first championship since '93. So in anything, right? Yeah, yeah. Even uh, hockey, which it, is their yeah, sport. Even hockey. Uh, congratulations to the Blues too who won their first uh, Stanley Cup, uh, which happened the week before, and we and missed a, as well. Apparently, but, had the lar- highest ratings for any NHL final. In the last, like, years and years. Yeah. When did the Capitals get knocked out? In the second round. Ooh. Didn't hear a lot about that. No, like, win a cup or kill me this year? Are no, you satiated I, you know, with the one? I, I, I think I, I felt like I was, uh... Have you ever heard the stories about, like, kids who were, like, locked up in cages or something like that? Or, like, kidnapped or something like that? Where are you going with this? And then okay, they, get, yeah. they get, like, one happy meal at some point along the way and instead of eating all. dirt. And then they're just like, I'm satiated. I'm so happy for the next month because I yeah. had the one happy meal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's sort of how I felt. I got the one Stanley Cup. And I'm like, well, it's not really right of me to complain now. Like I'm going to use a different <laughs> analogy. Um, you were waiting for a long time to lose your virginity. <laughs> and you finally did. And you're just like, nah, I'll have sex again at some point. I'm not really in a rush. <laughs> have to push it now i wasn't even impressive the first time <laughs> so maybe i should practice at home a little bit before we get back to the show <laughs> uh, anyway yeah so yeah. uh the big story of the week the big local story yeah but uh 
Anthony Davis, one of the five best players in the NBA, if you, you know, rough, <laughs> roughly in everyone's top five, uh, got traded to the Lakers for three players, including Lonzo Ball, was probably the most notable of them all, and three first-round draft picks. Um, and I thought this interesting because, honestly, we don't really have trades like this in any sport. Um, what's interesting about this one is that he is his contract is expiring at the end of next season, but right. the, uh, the, uh, the idea is that he was probably just going to agree to a contract extension as soon as the trade went through. Right, yeah. So it's not really like it's for an expiring contract, but it's like uh, – it, it never in sports do you really get the opportunity where one of the five best players gets traded. And this is uh, when like when in I, their prime too. I mean, he, he's, he's only 26 years old, so he, he's got many years ahead of him. When I was reading this story, I thought about all those years ago and the Madden trades that you set up where you're trading away like half the team to get a player. Yeah. And that's what it kind of seems like. It's like, we're going to give up a lot to get this guy in. Uh, but in this case, it was uh, a lot of draft picks and uh, players who weren't that good, despite well, whatever his dad may think. I I wouldn't say that. I you know I I think that the hold on here. I'm trying to pull up the actual. I'm really happy the ball, the ball family is moving to uh, New Orleans though. By the way, that's that's exciting for me. Lonzo so. Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. Wait a minute. Oh, that was last season. Yeah, they, where they offered. Say, that sounds like a trade. whole team. What are we doing? Yeah. Uh, they did trade three players. Okay. Uh, and Ball, Ingram, and Hart. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. And a bunch of and first round draft picks. Three and, first round draft picks, yeah. including this year's number four overall. Yeah. Which gives New Orleans not only uh three <laughs> starting players, but also the fourth pick in the draft and the number one overall pick in the draft, yeah. which is gonna go towards getting Zion. Yeah. Which uh, I mean it, Honestly, it's a good it it says something about your sport and your ability to capture the the attention of other people that I was like desperately refreshing podcasts all weekend, waiting for one of the podcasts that I listen to that sometimes talks about basketball just so I could hear their talk. Yeah. Like, uh, I listen to Bill Simmons. I'm not really like a huge basketball person anymore, but like I still like listening to him talk about basketball. And I was like constantly refreshing, going like, "When's the new episode coming out? I need to hear about this." Oh, I by the way, except for talk about this trade, except for Pocket Cast was down all day on Saturday, Sunday. Did you notice that? No. Yeah, nothing would refresh, and you couldn't download anything that wasn't already downloaded. Mm. It's a pain in my ass. Maybe that was what was causing me the. Could be. Yeah. Pocket, you know, they, they, there was a little announcement, and I read it, and I'm like, oh, well, this is why, uh, and they're like, thanks for the, uh, sorry about the inconvenience yesterday, but thanks for your patience. You know you're desperate, everything. you know you're desperate for podcasts when not only are you, like, refreshing the app all the time, yeah. but you're checking the Twitter feeds of the people who are, like, <laughs> waiting for like, them to announce just waiting to say, like, oh, I'm about to sit down with Rosello and do this podcast, I'm like, yes! All right. <laughs> it's coming in an hour or so, like. But yeah, uh, so it, it's apparently a big thing. It's been uh, Brandon Robinson, who uh, a friend of mine from Hofstra, who I follow very closely, called this trade early in the season, said that uh, he thought that uh, this would happen at the end of the year, and it did. Uh, and everybody's kind of behind the eight ball on him as far as that's concerned. But um, yeah, so uh, apparently it's a big deal. I don't follow basketball, so I don't really know. Well, but another thing that makes this like such a big deal is that uh, the Lakers in themselves have been having such a, a fraught offseason. <laughs> Yeah, with like Magic Johnson leaving, and uh, the there was a story that came out in ESPN not too long ago about like all the infighting that was happening in the Lakers organization. Right, and one interesting story that I, I just thought was too good not to to share again was uh, Rob Palenka is the GM of the Lakers, 
and uh, he was at some sort of conference or like talking in front of a meeting or something like that. And uh, Palenka, before becoming the GM of the Lakers, was the agent for Kobe Bryant. Okay. So he told a story about how Kobe Bryant had seen The Dark Knight and was so blown away by it that he wanted to meet Heath Ledger. And that uh, Kobe and Heath Ledger had dinner in New York, and then later that night, Kobe had an incredible night at Madison Square Garden. Unlike what anything, anything, any basketball had ever been seen before. Like, it was top of the the charts. Yeah. The problem is that Heath Ledger died before (laughs) the the Dark Knight was released. Yeah. So this story was so easily provable false. Like, it's it's not even like one of those Trump lines, like, where it's just like, well, maybe if you think about how he said it, but you put it into this context, yeah. like it's like no, it's just clearly there's well, no way that anybody knew he about left the out is of Heath that Ledger. The dinner was actually at a psychic's uh, <laughs> store, and it was a seance. So there you go, sir. <laughs> how, dare, how dare you call him? <coughs> yeah. No, but uh, uh, Polinka needed a big win, and this apparently will work for them. So. Yeah, Favorites are for Lakers to uh, make a little run here. They better win a championship in the next couple of years, or else this whole thing is big expense. Yeah, it and it would potentially ruin their franchise forever if they don't like. They could yeah, be. Nothing will ruin it. It's the Lakers. Nothing they, will ruin it forever. Well, I mean, if you have no draft picks and you have no money, then that doesn't. You still got Jack. <laughs> well, <laughs> and Chris lobbing up three. <laughs> I just mean on the sidelines, <laughs> yelling. and yeah. I would go to the game just to see the stars that came out. So what are you going to do? Yeah. But um, is there anything else from sports ball? Uh, Orioles suck. Uh, have we broken 25 wins yet? No. No. No, no I yeah. don't think we've won since the last. Yeah. I wanted to go up to Oakland uh, <laughs> at some point in these three games to see the O's. But uh, it's not going to work because my schedule is too crazy now. Uh, so. Also, why would you drive that far to see them lose? That's, that's, I, I'll <laughs> so I can Anaheim, scratch another thing off my off my ballpark list. Uh, okay, I guess maybe. But yeah, I. Uh, so there's a, a guy at my work who is a Royals fan, mm-hmm. and we started out his uh, his like tenure there talking about, of course, 2014, and like, oh no, I was in Baltimore. And he's like, I was in Kansas City. I'm like, yeah, so that was a crazy uh, series. And now we're just like, yeah, so who wins more games this year, do you think? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if the Orioles are going to break 47. I said it can't get worse than last year, and I might be wrong about that. So, um, And apparently, like, things are all just going wrong. I, like, they can't win. The manager's yelling in his uh, post-game conferences. So yeah. uh, on the plus side, it's like 100 days till football. So, Good news is I don't watch it that much. Yeah. So. I'm uh, not. I'm not like constantly berated with the. So and I was thinking I might actually take a trip down to San Diego for a weekend and then I'll stay for the Monday Tuesday games. Like I feel like that's a. It's great to have a nice weekend in San Diego and then have the Orioles come into town and ruin it right before <laughs> I have to come back and go to work. Uh, but yeah, I mean maybe I'll do that. But I mean if you go in with the proper expectation, they're gonna lose. <laughs> Surprise! Like me, when boys. we went, like well we went to Miami and we're like we're hoping the Ravens lose. Yes. Like, are you gonna? We could have another trip like that. 
Right, I mean, we're just here to enjoy the ballpark. I think we that we need a win. We already got the draft pick pretty locked <laughs> up as far as that's concerned. So uh, at least when we went down to Miami, it was like, hey, we're going to Miami. We're coming from Baltimore. The weather's going to be fantastic. And uh, yeah, maybe they'll get a draft pick. Remind me, uh, we have to talk about some Cuban sandwich place that me and Roberto found. <sighs> I don't know if it's a place that you had already previously looked at. I don't at, know. So. I'm still looking for a good yeah. Cuban sandwich. In but LA, this one so. made a list of like top 40 foods you need to try before you die. So okay. And it's a Cubano in L.A. So okay, now in is it a real Cuban sandwich? Yes, like that the right type of bread, mm-hmm. ham, the whole. To the best of my knowledge, yes. Okay, all right, good. All right, so uh, that's all we have then <laughs> well, for uh, sports ball this week. Unless you have nothing else? No, no, we'll let you know how those Cubans are after we eat them. Yeah, uh, and a hundred days till football. So hey, let's go. Or less than a hundred days till football. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, announcement this week about the Democratic National co- Debate. Yes. Uh, and while last year it was, the well, last time it was five in debate number one, the Democrats are looking a little like the Republicans at this point. Uh, I'm looking at the picture on your screen right now. It's a full field. We have two 10 person debates. Ooh. So 20 total candidates yeah. who have met the. <laughs> the very easy <laughs> the threshold for making yeah. the debate. I mean, like, well, I don't know if it's easy. It's just in today, in the splintered party that we have, it's easier than it would ever be to get like 60,000 individual donations. And um, you need to be 1% in a yeah. poll somewhere. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like, if <laughs> I feel like if I was the DNC, I could look at this list and just throw out immediately five people who shouldn't even be here okay go ahead who who are you throwing out if you're the dnc who am i throwing out yeah uh i'm throwing out i mean like if i'm talking about like the five worst candidates they have here yeah uh tim ryan okay uh michael bennett mm-hmm. uh eric swalwell uh marianne williamson i've never even fucking heard of mm-hmm. so one percent uh, polling somewhere <laughs> Um, and, uh, I'm going to throw out Andrew Yang too, because even he's not though, a Democrat, even though he's polling well too, I, I, I listened to a podcast that he did, yeah. uh, recently and God, if it sounds like he has some really great ideas that he hasn't fully thought of, yeah. but somebody else would do a really good job of telling them like I, I, the idea of a universal basic income is an interesting premise. Yep. If given to me by somebody who really knows the ins and outs of it really well. It's hard. And Andrew Yang is not that person. He's not the messenger of that. It's hard to go on Rogan's podcast and be the craziest person <laughs> on the podcast. Like, that dude does DMT all the time. And I listened to, like, 15 minutes of it, and I was like, I cannot follow the logic of anything you're saying. Like, you're hitting the bullet points, but everything in between just sounds like nonsense. So, yeah. Um, don't listen to it because I feel like it's the end of Billy Madison where the guy's like, uh, we're all dumber for having <laughs> having heard that. But uh, it just, trust me, it, it wasn't great. No, but again, his bullet points of his campaign are amazing. And yeah. with the right person, they might be fleshed out better. It's just like, I feel like he got the bullet points and he was like, eh, no, I'll make it up. I'll make it up on the, on the fly. It's fine. If I'm not running for president, then who will? Uh, these <laughs> other 19 people. <laughs> While Andrew Yang is just like, he the first to announce, and he's just like nobody else is running for president. I guess it's just me. Vote for me. <laughs> um, Nineteen other people joined. Fuck. <laughs> I will say I do like the field that uh, our my boy Pete Buttigieg has gotten himself into here. So he's in with Biden. Yeah, and I'm liking that. 
Because I think buying this might be his swan song. He, there's a chance he puts his foot in his mouth and we're done. Well, so I, I think that w- what we basically have here is we have two nights of debates. and 26 they, and 27, by the, the way. The way that they tried to divide this up was that they wanted to sort of have some front runners on each debate. Mm-hmm. But it really feels like the the most heavy front runners are on the second debate, which is the one he's on. Yeah, right. I mean, we have Elizabeth Warren and Cory Booker and Klobuchar and, and Beto. Beto, who is not a front runner, but who is a name. I as suppose. like as far as like the people who might have a decent enough chance of yep. winning. Now, who's Pete? Uh, who's Pete going against in night two? Uh, Biden. Biden. Uh, Kamala Harris. Bernie Sanders. Sanders. Yeah, and then there's like Chris and Gillibrand and a whole bunch of losers. But I mean, like, but here's the thing: gotta, if he holds his own against Biden and Sanders and Harris, I think he sees a big jump in the polls. If he makes it out of South Bend to go to the <laughs> debate, but I I think that if I were, if I could be the uh, uh, campaign manager of anybody involved in one of these debates, okay, I'd want to be in the first night though. Why? I'd want to have somebody who's in the first night. Because I think it's easier to look like a rock star against a bunch of people who a lot of Americans don't even know who they are. Uh, see, I'm putting I mean, too like, because much... I'm I'm thinking like if I'm the if I'm like the campaign manager for Beto, right? Mm-hmm. Then like you got Elizabeth Warren, who's like a name that you have to deal with, and some people know who Cory Booker is, but he's not like a huge name. I just I, I feel like your opportunity if you have like a if Beto has like a, a home run debate yep. night then he could instantly leap up in the polls a lot. True. Whereas, like, a Buttigieg would have a harder time, not because he couldn't put on the same home run performance, but he's going to have a lot of people that we know going up against him. So, like, a home run performance against a bunch of nobodies looks a lot better than a home run performance against Biden and his double and (laughs) Bernie and his triple. And Here's the other thing I thought when looking at that list, though. Uh, Pete is essentially... Beto and Elizabeth uh, and a little bit of Julian. But when in his debate, he's got Biden, who is basically center. He's got Sanders, who's far left. Yeah. Right. Kamala is almost Biden, just slightly left of Biden, which leaves a lot of area in the middle for him to fill that yeah. would not be available. And I mean, that's 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 Buttigieg's like right. potatoes right there. But is. that's not available in the previous night because Elizabeth Warren is kind of center left. And um, I put Corey her more Booker's, on the left, left side. No, I just mean not as far left as Bernie, but not in the center like Biden. She's in between those right, two Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where Pete is. But she's more Bernie leaning. She, right. She's just to the right of Bernie. But like, she fills a lot of area in the middle that he would be saying But a lot of these people points. do the same thing. Like Beto I don't care does about the no-name people. And I don't care about the no-name people. They're not going to be... Because, again, it, it's about the major people who you have to compete against. And we have three in the first night who are basically centered in the middle of the Democratic Party. Between the center and the, the far left, they're all kind of in the middle. Then we on the second night, you have a center candidate in Biden, a far-left candidate in Sanders, and Kamala Harris is just to the left of Biden. That leaves a lot of room in the middle for him to maneuver, I think. Okay, let me let me play a hypothetical with you real quick. Okay. Uh, let's play you are the campaign manager of blank. Tell me what your your uh, tact is here. So let's say you are the campaign manager of a worthless candidate in the first night. John Delaney. 
Yeah. You're John Delaney's campaign manager. I don't even know where he stands on anything. So that's I mean, hard. He, he's basically no name Biden. He's basically Biden without the, so he's without the, the center, track record. Right? Yeah, he's center. So again, the number one thing I don't want he's is He's more him. likely to say that Mitch McConnell just needs to have a beer okay. and a conversation to get to the get to the end of so some sort of I can tell real... you where I don't want him. <clears throat> I don't want him on the same night as Biden. Well, because, you you won that. Because I want him to be able to Never agree with any name bigger than him on the stage. So let's look at somebody else. Julian Castro. Mm-hmm. He is kind of in the center. He's got these like weird leftist slants, but for the most part, he is a, a center left candidate, right? So he's going to be following Elizabeth Warren and Cory Booker. Depending on what the topic is, he has a good chance of being like, well, I completely agree with Miss Warren or I completely agree with Mr. Booker because his whole platform is split so far in between those like center left candidates and the far left candidates. Um, now again, Warren is actually kind of in between those two. So she occupies the same space. So if I'm Julian, uh, if I'm Julian's manager, I say, I want night two. give me Biden in the middle. Give me Sanders on the far left. And Kamala is just to the left of Biden. There's a lot of room in the middle there where I'm not going to agree with anybody. See, I think, I think that Julian, Julian Castro, uh, lucked out in his spot a little bit okay because I, I he he doesn't have the kind of energy that would allow him to get more coverage than like a biden or a Buttigieg or a sanders or you know like all these people who are more dynamic yeah. speakers than he is so putting him on a on a lamer night would help him maybe but again not look as lame by my comparison. number one concern is i never want my candidate to say well, I agree with so and so on the stage. See, this is why I was saying, like, if you take like John Delaney, if you're the John Delaney com- campaign manager, right? right? Then I think your tact all night should just be poking holes in everyone else's balloons. But like, you can do that because you're the only guy on the far right side of the party. You are a Biden, and if you are on the same night as Biden, no one's listening. They're saying, "Oh, he's just saying what mm-hmm. Biden said." Or, oh, Biden said uh, Biden said that. Like, no, it was actually John Delaney. Oh, well, you know, whatever. They're the same guy. <laughs> same person. Biden's the one who's going to get it. So when you're on, when you're Pete Buttigieg on a different night, you have a couple of no-name guys in there who are kind of, I'm trying to see. There's a lot of no-name guys in here. No, I'm, saying, I'm just like, saying, I'm trying to find somebody who is in that center-left spot where he is, and I don't think any of those people are. Jodebrand's to the right with Kamala. Kamala's there with Biden. Um, Sanders is on the far left. Yang is not even on the damn spectrum. <laughs> I mean, he's on the spectrum. He's just not on this. Part Yang of the is spectrum. on the right side, but only because he went so far around the left. Basically, yeah, he <laughs> has circled he's around cir- from libertarianism. Circumnavigated the globe to it. But yeah, so there's nobody in there who he's in competition with. But again, if he's in the night before, he's got Warren saying a lot of the same things that he's saying. Um, he's got uh, oh Bill De Blasio. Again, he's also on there with no other mayors, right? So he can yeah. say the phrase, as a mayor of a, of a uh, Republican town, I mean, nobody can say that, but as a mayor of a large town, yeah. and Bill's not going to be like, well, uh, I'm sorry, Pete, but as the mayor of New York City. <laughs> the largest city in America. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it, there's a couple of lucky things in here, I think, that, that uh, advantage him. But Bill, by the way, doesn't get to say, I am a Democrat who is running a Republican city in a Republican state. Because that's what Pete can say. So you don't, if you're Bill, maybe you don't want to be on the same night as Pete Buttigieg. Because, hey, yeah, you run New York City, the most left-leaning place in the country. And there's a lot of Democrats who are saying, we want to win the Republicans over. So who does that? Oh, 
this smaller city guy who is running a Republican city in a Republican state, but is an openly gay, uh, former or a veteran Democrat. Let's crazy. Let's do this real quick, because I know the the idea behind the DNC doing the debate this way was that I think they, it was a draw. I think it is well, yeah, they, they they did a random drawing of who who was going to be in. I mean, they sort of like said that we're going to split up big names. Yeah. So that there's some big names on each night. Um, even though the first night's big names are Elizabeth Warren and Cory Booker, which aren't like Beto. as big. A, <laughs> Beto. But, but Beto's like not really like. Listen, if you want to see Beto, this is your last chance. He's like a se- he's, he's dropping out to go run for Senate right after. See, this, this is so. what I this is what I'm thinking. Like, uh, you know, the the next debate is going to have harder criteria to get in. Sure, you're not going to have the one percenters in there. You're going to have no. to get at least like three percenters, five or like maybe, that. Yeah, three yeah. or five percent to to be involved. So. Let's just say, hypothetically, that only, you can only keep five of these 20 people. Okay. Which five are you, like, pre-debate saying should mo- move on? Like, okay, even so before you know how they perform in the debate, like... Corey, mm-hmm. Elizabeth, Kamala, Biden, and Pete. That's who I'm going with. Oh, kicking Bernie out. Well, because I, I do think that uh, I'm just picking the people who I think are not overlap. And again, who's going to actually have 5%? I think more than 5 will have 5%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I was just sort of saying, like, you know, uh, if, Elizabeth- you could, if you could pick the next debate and you were limiting yourself to only 5, yeah. who are you? Elizabeth Warren is the more electable version of Bernie. Yeah. So essentially what I've done there is I've picked Elizabeth on the far left, and then moving to the right, we have uh, Pete, Corey, Kamala, Biden, and yeah. they're all relatively good speakers. And again, I am flavored towards Pete, actually. So most people wouldn't put throw him in there. But I think that that gives you a nice spectrum where it's far left to the very cent kind of. I think more right. people would have Kamala in there than Pete. Yeah, why well, I put Kamala in there? Did you I Elizabeth, you had... Pete, Corey, Kamala? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Biden. But only a because a lot of people would have Bernie. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. About. A lot of people would have Bernie, but then again, like again, we're skewing towards the middle a little bit because mm. Corey Corey is far closer to Biden than he is to uh, Elizabeth Warren, right? And Kamala is a little closer to Biden than Corey is, and then Biden is basically a Republican. Um, he just runs as a Democrat, so he's a Clinton Republican. I, I just wish I could, Democrat. I just wish I could tell so many of these people like stop running. Like it's just not going to work out for you. Like, I am okay. I hate to. I hate to be the person who like. You know, because I, I, I want I like the idea of having as many candidates as possible because it opens up the potential yeah. of finding some diamond in the rough that we didn't know about. But these diamonds in the rough almost never actually materialize. Well, and and we usually know about them before a debate happens. I don't care about any of that. What I care about is that the questions mm. that they're going to ask, if they're touching on the actual policies of the candidates, it's going to push the entire election to the left. Because a lot of these guys are talking about very leftist policies. And if it's Elizabeth versus Corey, Kamala, and Biden, you're not going to get a lot of those wild left questions that you get when you have Bernie and um, Elizabeth and some of these like more radical people. Uh, Andrew, who is, again, so far, he went so far right, he ended up on the left. <laughs> but like these guys bring out more liberal, more far left topics. And I think it'll skew the election. So that maybe we elect somebody in the middle left, which is probably what we should do, but we'll know where they stand on those far left issues. And again, openly gay veteran serving in a Republican city of a Republican state who is probably the most honorable person who has ever run, who has run for this office in a long time. So anyway, and oh, by the way, not to switch uh, topics too quickly, but 
decided to go home instead of raising money for his presidential election yeah. campaign because he wanted to make sure his community was not torn to shreds. Turned down some Hollywood fat cats. Literally, like, he had three days of nothing but raising money from L.A. people. And instead, he said, I'm canceling all this. I'm, so, I'm postponing all this, guys. I'm sorry. There was a shooting. A police officer shot somebody in South Bend, and I got to go home. I got to go be a mayor who leads the city and says, we're going to hold people accountable. We're going to do an investigation. It's not a witch hunt, but the initial thing <laughs> says it's probably not looking good for the cops. So. <laughs> Meanwhile, Eric Garcetti's here, not in Los Angeles, but somewhere going like, Damn, Pete, making me look bad. I'm sitting here <laughs> waiting. I got a thousand dollar meal on my plate. I'm in Paris right now at some conference I have no business being at. <laughs> what are you doing going and home and doing your job? As you pointed out, Bill de Blasio may have been in New York <laughs> twice since he announced he was running for president, <laughs> both times to do a press conference where he defended police who shot people or uh, the FOP who said, or the, I'm sorry, the attorneys for uh, for some cops who said, Eric Garner would have died from obesity anyway, so it <laughs> doesn't really matter. And de Blasio felt like he needed to weigh in on that. Get a, I'm getting, uh, I'll tell you this one. I'm really getting tired of de Blasio's nicknames. Have you heard about these? No. Does like, he he nickname, nicknames people or he yeah. has nicknames? No, he nicknames people. Oh, so he, George W. Bush. You're George W. Bush. Okay, cool. Well, he, he's trying to get like the con Don started. For Donald Trump? Yeah. We got to get rid of con Don. Why? So it's like, yeah, it's like I hear it, and I'm just like, I can hear the crickets like in in the room. Of like, yeah, what if I call Donald Trump Condon? No, don't, don't just don't do it. Just uh, quit now. But uh, one of the most telling things, uh, and God bless Nate Silver, by the way. Can I just say that? <laughs> yeah. Um, they've run this whole head to head polls. Like, who would win in November? Donald Trump versus so and so, and like anybody who's got over two percent right now is polling above Donald Trump in November. And let me tell you why that is, guys, because you ask somebody, hey, in November, would you vote for Donald Trump or this person who you've never heard of? And a lot of people are saying, uh, I don't know who that guy is, but I'm not voting for Trump. So that guy, yeah. I guess. And like Pete, who I love, but has no business polling at 47 percent to Donald Trump's 42 yeah. percent. Like, where does that come from? Nobody knows. Not 47 percent of the country doesn't know who you are. So, well, it reminds me of all the all the jokes that came out once those head to heads were announced too. Yeah, where it was just like Donald Trump forty one, uh, the machine that blows air into your eye when you're getting an eye exam fifty two. Yeah, like, just like, it, like and almost literally anything could be. As Nate cautioned, hey, uh, these polls that you're relying on now, early in the election, they're really bad. Yeah. To predict anything at the end. And oh, by the way, these are the same ones that Hillary was relying on to say, you're in a secure spot. You have nothing to worry about. You're going to win. And then, of course, we know how that turned out. So. Michigan, you don't even need to bother. Yes. <laughs> to be so, honest, um, you got that one locked up. little grain of salt with <laughs> all of that. Um, but speaking of the president. Yes. Uh, interesting uh, interview that he gave. Um, <laughs> to Sam Seaborn. I mean, basically, yes. Uh, to a short, uh, less attractive Sam Seaborn, if you will. <laughs> Um, cause I feel like, I feel like he's tall, like not Stephanopoulos. He's short. Yeah. But, um, what's his name? Rob Lowe. He's tall, right? Well, so the reason why I make that joke is because, uh, Sam Seaborn was based off of Stephanopoulos. Mm. That's where the character came from. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And a tall, good looking Stephanopoulos. The, uh, uh, Bradley Whitford's character, uh, was Josh Lemon. Josh Lyman. Lyman, Lyman was, uh, supposed to be, uh, fuck. What's his name? Rahm Emanuel. Oh, okay. So if you think about it in terms of like a weird thing, like in if 
you're basing it off the characters that they're based off of. Ari Gold and Josh Lyman are brothers. Hmm. Because Rahm Emanuel and Ari Emanuel are brothers. Yeah. yeah. And those are the characters that they're based off of. Uh, also, go see uh, Bradley Whitford in Godzilla. <laughs> Not if you got an, if you need a reason to go see Godzilla, Bradley Whitford is one of them because I was just like at points. So he looks like Bradley Whitford. There's yeah. no unlooking like Bradley Whitford. But at points, I was like, who the fuck is this? Like you are playing a character that is so unlike anything. It's like uh, him in. I had that with. Uh, uh, so this is my number one thing with actors. I love. I'm sorry. I didn't no, it's okay. Around. Go ahead. I. I uh, he was like. I'm like, whoa, whoa, very excited. Yeah. All right. I love this. Uh, I love when I when I when I'm watching something and then like 20 minutes into watching and I'm just like, is that? And yeah. then you like go on IMDb and you're just like, it is. Yeah. I was completely and that's what I felt with uh uh when they see us. Okay. Because I I started watching that. We're three episodes in, yeah. so we have one episode left. And then I was watching and I was just like, is that motherfucking Blair Underwood? Oh yeah. 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 And then I was just like it like hit me like I'm fucking Blair 45 Underwood. minutes in and I'm just like how did I not even notice it? And then mm-hmm. I Googled it and I was just like, God damn, good job, sir. See, but now. See that one, too, because that was. Uh, also see that. Yeah. But uh, Bradley Whitford looks like Bradley Whitford. But there were times in the middle where I forgot because it's like such a non. It's like his character in um, Jordan Peele's first movie. Yeah. Not us, but the other one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, I see him. Get out. Get out. It's like, I see you. And I know that this is you, yeah. but I keep getting lost in this character that is so different from everything yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen you in. Same thing. Uh, he's just like a uh, paranoid uh, conspiracy theorist, um, computer nerd. And I'm just like, and I'm like, first of all, I know Bradley Whitford doesn't know how to do anything on a computer, really. <laughs> so he's literally getting on the computer and he's like, and I'm like, you had you hit nothing. There was nothing that it's just like happened Alan Cumming and Goldfinger or uh, Goldeneye. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's like spinning the pen with one hand and he's like. Clicking a, a thousand words per minute with the other. <laughs> no, you there's, you're typing nonsense. All right, that's nothing happening. But it, it's uh, Godzilla actually was surprisingly good. You should uh, go check it out. I will. Um. Anyway, so yes, uh, the president. How do we get off on that? The president <laughs> yeah, interview with George Stephanopoulos. Interview with yeah. George Stephanopoulos. That's right. Yes, where two interesting things happened. Now it's funny because we talked about this and you brought up one thing and I brought up the other <laughs> thing. Uh, the less interesting thing is, um, somebody coughed. Michael Vaney. Michael Vinny coughed, yeah. I think, and then was like thrown out of the of the interview. And Trump did a whole like, uh, okay, so why don't you re-ask that whole? Qu- Do you want to adjust the camera? Do you want to like move things around? And I'll give you, a, I'll yeah. give you the same answer just without the cough in it, um, because he thinks that everything is just reality TV. We're <laughs> just reshooting the scene. Um, but again, uh, if you listen to the video of him throwing him out, it sounds like a Hollywood diva, just like well, if you're gonna cough, get out of here. Well, Trump is notoriously like a germaphobe. Yeah. Well, so I don't know if it it, it might be it sneezing. might be like forty percent like nobody's allowed to cough in the same room as me, mm-hmm. and it might also be like you ruined our interview. You so, have to get out. Like there was a response into another it's like a forty sixty thing. I'm there was a response to, to a reporter that basically alleged he's not a germaphobe. He just sees coughing and sneezing as weakness because <laughs> if you can't control yourself, your own stuff for a moment. Just get through the sneeze or get through the cough, then you're super weak. Um, so I don't know if it's germophobia or if it's really just him thinking like, hey, well, you're weak because you coughed. Nonetheless, that was the, the okay, him acting like a psycho and throwing out somebody, not the worst thing that happened during this interview. Which, I, would, I would love if nothing else, if uh, that, that uh, turned out to be like the weakness thing. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm just not going to sneeze because it's his weakness. And then he has like an aneurysm because he holds it. <laughs> 
slumps to the floor, and Trump's like, "Breathe like a man." I appreciate that. <laughs> President Trump died today when he had an aneurysm holding in a sneeze. Uh, anyway, <laughs> everyone's just like looking at each other. It's like, is it done? Does Nancy Pelosi have to do anything anymore? Or? I mean, yeah, we still <laughs> got to get the other guy out. But uh, anyway, so the cough, the crazy reaction to the cough, not the most psycho thing that happened during the interview because uh, he then um, gave an unexpected answer to George yeah. about a question. I think so. Yeah, so uh, he was asked uh, pretty point blank if uh, a foreign government decided to give him any information on an opponent, uh, would he use it? And then Trump sort of just like ignored the would I use it part of it and then just went on to this like, I love that like there's an id in Trump's uh, like psyche that you can like clearly identify when you see it happening yeah. in, in person where he's like, uh, you know, uh, first of all, he picks Norway as the hypothetical country, which is going to give him information, which is yeah. like, it's always amazing how he picks some country in Scandinavia. Like those are the only ones he knows. He likes the white ones. <laughs> Like, never, uh, I like how he would never, you would never see Trump go like, I don't know if somebody from Cameroon called me and like, they don't have, know, he doesn't know that's there. a country. That's, he doesn't know that's first a country. Of all, yeah. He's the guy who's like Africa, you know, uh, what's the capital of Africa? And like, it's a continent, sir. Not a one country. And he's like, ah, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's Africa city, but in some sort of African <laughs> language, correct? I mean, you know, it, it's not Africa city in English. It's right. Like, no, there's some boo boo BB or something like that. There's gotta be know. a tongue click in there somewhere. <laughs> that's how they do it. So yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> Trump logic just, it hurts my brain when I start thinking about it like that. Yes. Uh, but anyway, yeah. um, and then uh, George brought up the point of like, uh, well, if you get that information, aren't you supposed to call the FBI? And he goes, I, I mean, you know, I've never called the FBI in my life. Why would I call the FBI? I ain't no snitch. <laughs> yeah, if he said that, that would be, that would make me feel a lot better about the situation. But he's just like, why would I ever call the FBI? Yeah. Um, maybe in a situation that calls for. It. I, I mean, know. you know, but there are times where the police. Uh, well, I mean, no, the police should never be called. Uh, but as a politician, perhaps there's some things you should notify the FBI about. Yeah. Um, you know, if you find child porn in Discovery, <laughs> for example. Yeah, but that's one thing that you would call the FBI for. You think? Yeah, Protect unless you're Alex yourself. Jones, unless yeah. you're Alex Jones or his incompetent lawyers, then you wouldn't do that. But anyway. Um. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> followed up by George Stephanopoulos saying, uh. Well, you know, the FBI director said that if anyone were to get information from a foreign source, then they should alert the FBI. And then Trump says the FBI director is wrong, which is like there's so many fucking levels to this thing. Oh, yes. And it's uh, incredible that we can't seem to rally support around the idea of uh, at the very least investigating him publicly. So funny thing about that, uh, that investigation has maybe taken a turn because for the first time. The, the Democratic hero. The golden light. <laughs> yes. Uh, AOC. Uh, I forgot her first name. Alexandria mm-hmm. Ocasio-Cortez. This week called for impeachment proceedings to be, well, uh, impeachment investigation to be opened. Um, and and I, I just keep relating it to, like, my cartoon president. Because I, like, I know it's not real, but I feel like Schumer and Pelosi have that kind of fear about her. They're just like, <laughs> ah, shit. Now she's wading into this. Now well, what are we going to do? Um, but so she uh, officially called for an impeachment. I don't know if that'll make a difference. Uh, I think that Nancy has some um, should have some concerns because you're basically placing yourself. She created a battle line of saying, hey, a lot of de- young Democrats listen to me. Are you going to side with us or are you going to side with Trump? And it doesn't matter if it's successful because, again, a lot of this stuff wouldn't pass the Senate 
no matter what happens. Um, but you know, she I, called for it. So I, I just, to me, it's, you remember when, uh, uh, OJ Simpson was supposed to turn himself in, in Nevada. No, in, in the, uh, Nicole Brown. And, Oh, uh, that happened, uh, 35 years ago. Yeah. Today. But you remember like the, the lawyers had made an agreement that yes. OJ was going to come to the come yeah, to yeah. the police station and turn himself in and uh, he didn't and then he ended up going on the Bronco chase instead. Yeah. And they're hitting up like, the lawyers yeah. and they're like, I don't know, man. I don't know what he's doing. And at the end of it, the the police still didn't want to like lean on, didn't like want to get on OJ's case about it and that started the whole thing where like he was getting this special treatment throughout the entire trial and yeah. things like that. I, I'm not black. I, I'm OJ. I sort of feel like this is the same sort of thing that's happening on like a much larger scale with Trump, yeah. where it's just like, all right, Donald, we're going to we're going to call uh, your lawyer and the uh, director, the uh, uh, attorney general, in to testify. They're going to show up on Thursday, and if they don't, we're going to be really upset about it. It's just like they didn't show up, and it's just like. All, All right, right, well, maybe he's going to show up later. Yeah. <laughs> then you see him on a Bronco. How about like this? <laughs> We're going to postpone it until next Wednesday, and they better show up. And then on Wednesday, it's a fucking Bronco <laughs> around 695. Bill Barge. <laughs> just piloting the Bronco. <laughs> oh, man. It's just like, at some point, at some point, you just got to, like, you know, like, uh, I, I, you know, like when we talked about police shootings in the past where i was just like well he the police gave warning yes and then well, you, you can't an apologist you can't really police, yeah. no i'm saying you can't really blame anything that happens after they gave the explicit warning of like get down or else i'm gonna shoot you right yeah i yeah. feel like there needs to be that sort of like hard-nosed integrity going on with the congress too where it's just like get down and it's like bill barr is like i won't bam bam, bam. <laughs> like just get just like skip ahead to the part where yes. you're really hard on it like don't to be fair, uh, then sometimes they abuse that, though, like uh, Nuremberg, who said, out of nowhere, get on the ground! And he's like, wait, what? What are you saying to me? Bam! Knocked down. Um, anyway, but... Uh, I fear for my life. Yes. Uh, so, we're at, we are running a little long, yeah. so actually, let's uh, let's go ahead and take a trip on down to the Baltimore corner. Where you get the straight dope? Exactly. Ah, back to the shot. Ah, nope, that's me. That's not both of us. There we go. All right. Um, so, uh, top story... Body cam released. We talked last week about the reaction of the oh FOP without Lordy. the body cam. Uh, and this week, the body cam was released. And, uh, I mean, at some point, they just got to fire Mancuso, right? Like, he cannot lead the <laughs> FOP after this. I mean, he will, but, you know. just, I love the, the blind ignorance of, like, I'm just going to say whatever he did was right just because he's a police officer, and mm -hmm. I hope that he won't prove me wrong. And then... Well, because I talked to him, and he said, he told me he did nothing wrong, and that the body cam is going to make everything all right. And then, you know, he's sitting in his office like, well, shit. All right. Okay. How are we going to spin this? What well, are we going to do? You know what the problem is? Is that, like, uh, uh, I remember, like, way back when when the Ray Rice incident happened, mm -hmm. and Ray Rice had told had said that he had told everybody exactly what had happened. Oh, and then the video. But there was no video of yeah, it. And, yeah. like, the Ravens were, like, willing to, like, just have him suspended for a couple games, and then he was going to come back, and it would all be fine. Yeah, then the but video. But the video came out, and mm -hmm. then we realized that even though Ray Rice said exactly what was on it, like, it, it, you couldn't actually see the video without, like, having to punish him more. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there's sort of this thing, like, where I was watching the, the video of the whole interaction where I imagine number going into the FOP and like talking to the director and like the mm -hmm. communications guy and everything and just going like, 
Well, this guy was talking back to me, and I felt a little bit nervous. So I told him, uh, you know, like, get down on the ground. And then when he wouldn't, I put him down on the ground. It's just like, oh, that's police procedure right sounds, there. Sounds pretty accurate, sounds, yeah. Sounds like you were fearing for your life. I was. I was fear. I said I fear for my life, and then I ran and, and put him on the ground. And then, uh, you know, there was some back talk, and he's just like, what am I being arrested for? And I'm like, you know, uh, for not shutting the hell up. And like the FOP people are like, yeah, these criminals should shut the hell up every once in a while. No, I mean, they, I mean, I feel like that's then they see the video and they're just like, oh, he told us exactly what he said. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I feel like I didn't uh, think about how this was gonna play out when I saw it in person. The the his description is like, you know, maybe they even react like, all right, so well, I punched um, my fiance in an elevator. It's just like, all right, well, who hasn't done that before? Now I see the video and I'm like, oh fuck. I also think that when you hear someone describe it, you. If you're friends with them, you assume, or if you if you want them to be good, yeah, you kind of assume that it's the lesser version. Like uh, uh, I said, I'm arresting him; he didn't sh- wouldn't shut his fucking mouth. And, um, and you're like, all right, so maybe that wasn't great, but I bet you he didn't actually say, yeah, because uh, you're not going to shut your fucking mouth. And then the video comes out, and you're like, wow, so that was a play by play that he gave us, uh, including the 30 seconds of running time that he paused in the middle of his story, saying, "So I ran over there." Um, yeah, so and then it, it happened to set it up a little bit better. Uh, what you you're gonna want to see the videos yeah. because it's worth it. Uh, but uh, the shorthand version of what happens is uh, the two of them, uh, him and his partner, are standing by the police cruiser. They're just having like a normal everyday conversation. It looks like parked like, in a neighborhood where they're oppressing people and just like, yeah, making it, them fear it doesn't it doesn't appear like uh, either one of them are like you know shielding themselves from gunfire no. or anything. No, in fact, he's standing away yeah. from the open door for right. most of the exchange. And then uh, the person who is eventually arrested for charges unknown mm. uh, says something to the to Numberg. Which I, I could never hear. I couldn't quite okay. hear it either. I was going to say, but so like, I don't know if it was just me being deaf. But but it sounded like he, he was sassing him in some yeah. sort of way. Why the fuck you in our neighborhood? Yeah. Why don't you go down to the inner harbor? I didn't do anything. Why are you out here? Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that sort of thing. And then he looks at his partner. He's just like, you got this? Like talking about somebody else that they might have arrested. Right. And he like looks at him. He's like, yeah, I got it. And then all of a sudden, like a full on run towards the guy standing still, mm-hmm. like tackling him, bringing him to the ground, doing the, like, stop resisting, stop resisting. Even though the guy is like, what the fuck are you Clearly doing? He's like, what is going on? Yeah. yeah. And then no. finally, when he's being like, uh, the second part of the video is like when he's being led away uh, to be charged for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the guy says, what am I being charged with? And what was the what was the exact? I, mean, I thing? can't think of the exact. It was something about like running your fucking mouth yeah. or something like that. But yeah, <laughs> like you made me, you backtalked me or something like that. Well, as we've talked about before, he made him run, which <laughs> in and of itself is, is a, a reason chargeable to be offense. arrested. Yeah. yeah, that's a chargeable offense in Baltimore. So, um, although we, I didn't really make him run, <laughs> he chose. I think he could have like walked over there slowly, and he, still the guy. He literally, move. he literally could have like just walked in the direction of him and be like, "You can't do that. You're under arrest." Yeah. I don't know that the guy would have run. Yeah. Like, he was basically there talking he probably, smack them, He so. probably would have just kept talking. Yeah. And you could have peacefully, like, cuffed him and stuff like that. No, nah, but instead. <laughs> it's just so funny. Like, uh, when the police commissioner comes out and says that we're charging the officer with this. Yeah. yeah. It should be your clue that this is not going to end up well for the officer. Yeah. Because, like. Police commissioners all across this country are doing literally anything they can to not have to charge their yep. their officers. 
So if you're the if head of the FOP, if there's a small little chance that what you did was right in some sort of context. We're reviewing it. We're yeah. reviewing the case, and uh, we'll announce later. But yeah, if you're the head of the FOP, maybe you say, um, "Listen, we back our officers. We think their training is good, and that they always act correctly." But we're going to wait to review the video until we make an official statement because we just, you know, uh, who's to say? Who's to say? Um, but instead, I'd like to know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but instead, they uh, didn't do that, and now they look really dumb. Um, and the question is, will anything change? And my bet is no, uh, that the FOP will still be there supporting him at his trial, uh, trying to justify again, justifying that like, Hey, listen, 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 Eric Garner was going to die of obesity, (laughs) even if we didn't choke the shit out of him. So is there any really loss? I mean, we saved him a few years of suffering with, uh, obesity related diseases. So, I mean, really (laughs) we should be, we should be thanked. We should be thanked for, uh, saving him from that pain and suffering. So, I mean, he's black, so he would have gotten diabetes eventually, right? Yeah, or shot, <laughs> shot by somebody, maybe a cop. I Are you sure you me. want this all to right? be the official record of the New York City Police Department? <laughs> Can you all please stop talking? Yeah. Uh, in other Baltimore-related news, though, uh, oh, and we'll continue to follow that story. As a reminder, that guy was the second highest-paid person in the city of Baltimore last year. Yeah. That guy who foolishly ran over and tackled anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Over the mayor, over the police commissioner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Over anyone in the city council. So oh, while that foolishness was happening across town, there was some more foolishness going on as they were celebrating the demo- a demolition party, that's what I called it, of the 4,000th home that was demolished in the city of Baltimore Yeah. Um, due to blight. Like, blight had affected the neighborhood, so we knocked on the 4,000 houses. Now, maybe you celebrate that because we went to Detroit, and I think their project of just, like, knocking down whole blocks... Worked out really well. Mm-hmm. And some of those row homes that were like the last one left, but the dude owned the whole block and he like had a nice yard with a fence around and everything, that worked out great. Mm-hmm. But it turns out, might not actually be the 4,000th house that they knocked down. No, um, the, the, the son estimated that it was 1,800. So we're... A, a few off. <laughs> uh, 2,200 off. A couple thousand off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know why, if you're Jack Young, you lie about that. I think you could do a celebration of, hey, we hit 1,800. Now, we are off of Mayor Pugh's projections. But let me tell you, as mayor, mm-hmm. I'm going to get us back on It's track. been stepping up since I got in here. Yeah, we have been knocking down houses. Sometimes we don't even let the people move out of them. All right? We just knock them the hell down. It's amazing say, how fast you knock down houses when you don't have pneumonia. Well, that... <laughs> We don't have to stay out in the county. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's a By weird... the way, is she still dying or I don't. No, no, she's okay. She's okay. <laughs> no. she's okay. Like, she'll... She, she resigned and then there's been like four weeks where we haven't talked about her and I assume that she's just living a normal life. Yeah. Or like... uh, she'll <laughs> like... be okay right up until that indictment gets signed. Then she'll be like, <coughs> Pop, I think I got the black young. <laughs> the black young. <laughs> the black lung. Um, but yeah, uh, it's weird, and I know I've talked to people about how it's weird to celebrate this, but again, we've seen how this really worked. That there were neighborhoods in Detroit that looked, and we weren't there at night, so I can't really say about everything overall, but they looked a lot better without having all the row homes. And row homes are a something you don't need when you go down from 1.1 million to 600,000 and yeah. falling number of people a year. So maybe this will work out. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, let's celebrate the real numbers, not the uh, fake numbers. Hey, Jack, how about that? I still, I still maintain that uh, it's all well and good if you're knocking down these old vacants and stuff like that. But um, I want to be assured at some point that these go back to people who can't afford homes, yeah, and not yeah. towards developers, yeah. Because like, you know, like it, the number, like we we talked about the old town mall, 
hundreds of episodes ago. Yeah, you guys but should like, check out that episode, though. Um, it was... What was so interesting about it was the fact that they were trying... Like, so many times they tried to, like, remake it for a developer's interest and not about, like, the people who would actually use it. Like, right, yeah. There's no, there's no market anywhere close to there. It could be an open market for people who live in the neighborhood, but instead it was just, like, constantly trying to make it more beneficial for a developer yeah. and now eventually now it will be now everything there will be torn down theoretically in the projects and i don't trust anything until <laughs> they break ground so we'll see until you see hogan in a hard hat just knocking buildings but over port, how long has port covington <laughs> been on its way to us you know like uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see uh but one last piece of news out of baltimore um the bso and you might not recognize that that's the baltimore symphony orchestra mm-hmm. it's a baltimore institution I mean, I have gone to BSO performances, probably as a child, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a little bit of culture in my ass. Um, and they are locking out their musicians because of a labor dispute. And I think you did an excellent job of kind of outlining that the basis of that dispute earlier. Do you want to go back over that again? Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it's something I've, I've sort of been thinking about in terms of, like, uh, how people who have advantages in life don't necessarily think about it. And like, it's like me and Rob go to this convenience store and we spend $5 on something every single day. We give them a 20 and we get $15 back. Right. Uh, whereas people who have lived with some sort of like, how would you want to describe that? Like I mean, really just privilege, privilege. It's yeah. A privilege of whether it's wealth or just power or access, any of it. Right. Privilege. But the privilege is like you go to a, a neighboring convenience store and you're buying five dollars worth of stuff every day, and instead of getting fifteen dollars change, you're getting twenty five dollars change because the guy can't count right. Right, and, and you know that, and he never figures it out. Yeah, so you keep getting this for years. Like the guy just keeps giving you the wrong change, and you just keep benefiting from it, and then eventually they fire the guy who's been giving you the wrong change and bring in somebody who's giving you real change, and you're like, well, wait, 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 wait. I was getting all this free money. What the fuck? Like you're supposed to give me twenty five yeah, like, and change for my twenty and my food. So yeah, like I don't. What what happened here? Yeah, uh, and that sort of seems to be like the reaction of a lot. Like that happens in business all the time. It's just like whoa, 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 whoa. It's gonna cost one percent more to make our flags here. Moving the whole thing to Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I but- don't have time to negotiate with people. <laughs> Basically, the musicians are saying, hey, we want, uh, I don't even think they're looking for profit sharing. They're just looking for more pay. Mm. And uh, the BSO is like, I don't know where we're going to get it. Uh, These tickets are $400. Uh, We don't pay you guys very much. The building has been owned since 1973. Um, The foundation actually, I think, owns the building. The Meyerhoff, right? We put... We put up some lights recently a couple years ago. That cost money. Yeah. So, uh, no, we have nothing to give you. Uh, and basically, the argument revolves down to, we don't want to take less profit on this product. So, since you're asking for more money, that would affect our product because we can't charge more. Uh, so, we're just going to lock you out instead. And don't come to work. Uh, or sh- you have to show up to work. That's basically it. You have to show up to work and be told, no, you can't come in. Um, and uh, I, the musicians, I guess, are a... Uh, they're in a union, which I didn't realize, but apparently well, they are. So. so I knew somebody who was a uh, played violin for the BSO, mm-hmm. the parent of a kid I went to school with, and we never really got into like talking about specific money. And obviously, this was twenty five years ago or something like yeah. that too. So they made seventeen hundred dollars, fed a family of five, and <laughs> owned a house on the county. So no, but it. Uh, 
I remember from the conversations that I had back then that this was basically like a better paying part-time job. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have to show up for 40 hours a week to do this job, but you wouldn't get paid like you would at a 40 hour a week job either, but you would get paid more than you would if a person had like a one day a week job where they're Ubering (laughs) (laughs) or like working at a shoe store or whatever. It's a BSO. So you're up at Johns Hopkins teaching a class. If you're first chair, you get to go teach a class at Johns Hopkins. mm. If you're second chair, you're teaching at UB. If you're a third chair, you're teaching at BCC, BCCC, like, yeah. You get another job that is also music. The problem, though, is that apparently they haven't gotten a raise. So over the last 10 I mean, years, it's, it's sort just of, eaten away. It sort of felt like minor league baseball. So if you haven't heard about like how terribly the minor league baseball players yeah, are being yeah. treated, it's amazing. Uh, the, like, the, the average uh, salary for like a minor league baseball player is like $18,000 a year or something like that. Yep. So it's not enough for them to live off of so they all have to get jobs in the off season right but then also when you're trying to be a professional athlete there's expenses that a normal person doesn't have yeah where you have to buy like special food and vitamins and like workouts and like all these sort of things that no you know like you're like well if i'm ever going to make it to the big leagues i got to put all my money into getting in the best physical shape i can right but i only get paid eighteen thousand dollars a year and a person at mcdonald's could make more money than that in a year yep like it, it, it's it's nuts. And also, uh, being a professional baseball player or a member of the BSO, um, w- during the season, you are spending way more than 40 hours of your time. So, yes, it pays better than, mm. like, McDonald's would or a, in a part-time job, but it requires more of you yeah. than they would. So there is always practice, uh, which apparently is unpaid at this point. It's like you're paid for performance. Yeah. Um, so practice is unpaid, but it's required. So if you want to perform, you have to come to practice. This sounds like the racket that a couple of uh, actor friends of ours have gotten themselves involved in. Where, yeah. Listen, we're not going to pay you for the practices, uh, but your practice is required in order to be in the performance where we will pay you, but not very much. <laughs> so um, congratulations. Uh, we're looking forward to you joining our... Troop. It's you know it, I've been thinking about this a lot more too, just in terms of like freelance labor and stuff like that. I know yeah. they're in a union and stuff like that, but it's amazing how like some people will have such hard lines on like what like you know not only do I want to uh, get paid this much every ten hours, but I want my ten hours to start portal to portal. Yeah, because I'm not paying to drive out to Arcadia. You're paying me. So if I leave the house at 8.30, yeah. that's when my clock starts. And 10 hours hits at 8.30 p.m. when we are like... A, I need to be wrapped. Yeah. yeah. And all my way home. Or else I'm getting this overtime yeah. and I'm getting the mileage and stuff like that. And it's like, in theory, all those things are, are good and supposed to be getting... You know, like, you're, you should be getting these things. But at the same time, like, somebody's going to come and undercut you... And say like you're like I'll do that Somebody for 150 dollars like, a day. No, this guy here. You're gonna have to. I'm gonna do that job for 150 dollars a day. It's just like, sorry, we're not gonna we're not gonna take care of your shit because we got somebody who's gonna do it for nothing. Yep. Like, but you're not gonna get with that guy what you would get with me. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, Baltimore basically just turning into the Detroit of RoboCop, and I'm just <laughs> waiting for someone to suggest. Waiting, robot police officer waiting for somebody to pop out just like freeze dirtbag yeah i'll be like you know what uh, cops unreliable we should replace the baltimore police department i have a solution robots 
Robot police officers. I think that's Sprinkle a little crack on them and let's get out of here. <laughs> all right, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I think that's all we have for the Baltimore Corner. Oh, wait, that's not the one. <laughs> no. There we go. That's the one. The Baltimore got, Corner. Got a little taste of the theme song. Yeah, hey, there you go. Uh, back to the two shots. So um, we are right about an hour. I think we're actually a little long for an hour. But uh, I just want a couple of stories you guys wanna, should look up. Do you want to just like. No, I don't even want to lightning round it. Let's uh, a couple of things you guys should look up this week. One, well, maybe we'll talk about them next next week. More information anyway. One, uh, what's happening in Honduras and how the U.S. has basically restarted our imperialist policy in the Central America, uh, and also cut aid. And as you aptly put, why are those people coming here? <laughs> Check out that story, and you'll yeah. find out why. Uh, two, <laughs> there's a long history of why why is the Central American country fleeing and trying to get to America. And then you can usually follow that story back five, six, seven, ten years mm-hmm. to some sort of incident where the U.S. was just like, no, 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 no. You're not allowed to elect your own leader. Yeah. Uh, Deal with me, this guy instead. Let me wrap that up in a visual. You know that uh, meme of uh, the, the guy pulling the, the Scooby-Doo meme of the guy <laughs> pulling the thing off? Yeah. And it, it's Fred pulling off the mask and it's Fred underneath? That's it. It's <laughs> Americans asking, like, why are all these people fleeing here? We pull off the mask. America. That's why. Because we did something dumb. Um, 31% drop in corporate tax revenue over the last year. Oh my God. Who could have seen that coming? Mm, yeah. And of course now the, uh, treasury uh, estimated it based not on the tax cuts, but based on what they were assuming people would spend. Because by the way, part of this theme was corporations will send more money than they're, oh, than they owe because they're good Americans. Yeah. That worked. Or out. they're going to give people better tax, better salaries so that they pay more taxes. Yeah that, yeah, that did not work out. But uh, looking into that, we'll talk about it more. Um, New York passed rent control, which got a broad rent control. And can we bring that concept to L.A.? That's <laughs> the one thing that I want to just talk about. Is like <laughs> Rent control would be amazing if we could get it here in Los Angeles, which we probably won't because Garcetti, again, is uh, in Paris for something, and he doesn't really care. <laughs> um, it's not even rent control at this point. I think you just need to, like, actually... Th- there needs to be, like, a certain... Like, uh, New York got in trouble for this a little bit a couple years ago when they had that poor door on some huge investment. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, like, if you were a, a developer, you couldn't get any tax rebates or, like, kickbacks from the government unless a certain percentage of the apartments that you had in your, your building yeah. were... Uh, Section 8. Yeah, or, like, a, a, a for people of a certain level. Yeah. So you could have, like, multi-million dollar condos and multi-thousand dollar apartments in the same building yep um and one one in particular got in trouble because they were making a separate door that only the people <laughs> in the low housing part of the building and more than that get though, through. they would put those cheap apartments all on the same floor block like so yeah. we'd put them on five through nine there would be an elevator that would go from the poor door to five through nine and that's it yeah so the other people didn't have to see them didn't have to interact with them and all the amenities that the building bragged about were not available Right. To the people in those apartments because they couldn't get upstairs to the roof deck um, without going through the front door, which they couldn't get in. Uh, they couldn't get to the sauna or the pool or anything else. All available only to the multi-million dollar condos, not the multi-thousand dollar. So like, they were how, building this as like a great living environment, but it wasn't. How about this as a rule? If, uh, if an ever, average Angelino uh, is spending more than $1,000 per bedroom... Mm-hmm then uh, they shouldn't be able to get any kind of 
special uh, like any tax breaks or uh, tax rebates on land or anything like that. They would normally get if you know it, they can build a place that's really expensive where it's ten thousand dollars a sure, month, sure. but you don't get any money from the government for that. Right. If you have apartments that are all under a thousand dollars a bedroom, then yes, <laughs> we'll give you all kinds of things. Let me offer an alternative. Yeah. If Everyone in your building <laughs> doesn't involve murder. <laughs> if everyone in your building pays more than a thousand, if the average Angelino in all of your buildings, I'll even say all your buildings put together, you can build a building that is only for the super rich, mm-hmm. but you have to then build 10 buildings for people who are of average wages in order to offset what you've charged there. Because in your complexes altogether, the average Angelino cannot pay more than a thousand dollars or guillotines. <laughs> just listen to me. I'm just saying. I think if you instituted the guillotine rule here in this instance, yeah. we'd get a lot of fair housing made. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, David Palmer or Jeff Palmer yeah. would really start notching up his uh, production of affordable housing. Just saying. Sometimes guillotines are the answer. Um, and the other story out of New York that uh, you should check out is something that Corey was talking about last week. Well, we talked about the story generally, but uh, your big objection the state of New York is now offering asylum for women who are seeking abortions, meaning that they can find a place to stay, transportation costs, et cetera, paid for by the state and the city of New York. Um, not the abortion itself. That would still be a, a cost for them. But uh, Planned Parenthood would basically probably offer that service for a huge discount for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said you were fine with all of these programs so long as the government didn't pay for it. Well, no, I, I wasn't saying it like that. I was saying that usually... Uh, at least on the federal side, uh, they want to make the federal. The, you're going to spend forever trying to figure out a way to allow the federal government to spend even the dollar on something that will eventually become an abortion. Yes, that's sort of where the whole defund Planned Parenthood thing come fr- comes from because Planned Parenthood gets money from the government, but none of that money goes towards abortions. But even the fact that they do abortions with money that isn't given to them from the federal government yes. is like the bridge too far for too many, for a lot of pro-life conservatives. Yep. So I'm saying my point was that if the state is using its money that it gets from taxpayers to eventually go towards the process of getting an abortion, then I imagine that there is going to be some sort of problem along the way at some point with the feds where they're going to say, uh, hey, you're using money to fund abortions. That's not okay with what we've been trying to do mm-hmm. here. Uh, we're going to cut federal funding to New York for whatever. And I would retort, but I think that you have said the word abortion enough for both of us in yeah. that little speech. So yeah. uh, all of those stories possibly coming up on future episodes. Just uh, educate yourself, and you'll know what we're talking about when we get there. So, and yeah. Speaking of educating yourself, you know where you can go to get a real world-class education? Where's that? Oh, the anthem.com. Cordy, oh, the anthem.com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line. 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. Uh, and, of course, sorry to interrupt you there, but uh, you can find that education also at, uh, oh, wait, let me b- put both of us on so you can see me, at uh, anchor.com or anchor.fm forward slash oh, the anthem. Yep. It's a new place to get your audible education. Yes. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, you can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, uh, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, I am going to see a movie at some point here this week so that I can do a review. Uh, I will try and find some time to squeeze one in for mm-hmm. these next couple weeks as well. It'll be a little daunting, but we'll see what's up. 
Um, so yeah, check that out. In the meantime, uh, what was the last one I saw? Jesus Christ. Aladdin? Aladdin, no. yeah. Was it Aladdin? That yeah. was the last review. That's no. the last. No. The one after that. The same one you saw on the same day. No, it was a streamer. Whoa, fuck. Oh, um, uh, maybe. Yeah, always be my maybe. Always be my maybe. Which was nice. Go check that out. Yes. And of course, you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek on all your social networks. Make sure you check out robertandcheek.com where you can find links to my political blog, news website, and the books which are available on Amazon. Byron's books. Including the newest book, which is available for pre-order on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and at your ebook reader uh, provider of choice. So go check it out. The Chair is the next book and it's going to be available this Friday, the 21st. We'll make sure to mention it uh, a little more about it next day. As I said, it's the first book that I've written that is not part of of the movement universe. Something new, and it's a nice short read, and it's cheap. So even if you haven't read anything of mine before, you'll be able to read this. Uh, I think the 99 cents is the uh, selling rate. So if you got a dollar, you can read my book. That's um, less than a Coke. Less than a Coke. And um, you'll, uh, I think you'll appreciate it. It's a, uh, it's a zombie story. Uh, a dystopian future zombie story. Ooh. Um, so hopefully you enjoy that. All right. Well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. <laughs> I don't know if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the O.D. Anthem podcast, part of the O.D. Anthem Digital Network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Okay, so which one of these candidates is not real? I'm putting my uh, money on John Hickenlooper. It's mm. a made-up name, right? It's not a real mm. person. I literally have never heard of Eric Swalwell ever before in my life. <laughs> so that's where I'm going to go with. Eric Swalwell, not a real person. It's an Abercrombie model. Yeah, uh, and he's going to be a hologram on the debate. Hologram <laughs> Eric Swalwell on the debate. Check that out.